I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I am also one of our two hosts, here on the Artist Business Plan, which now reaches over 5,000 monthly listeners in 70 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got Arinzi Stanley here with us on the mic. Arinzi is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to use your art to make a difference. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what he has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ADP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Arinzi Stanley and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Arinzi Stanley Egbengwu is a Nigerian realistic portrait artist working in a genre of art known as hyperrealism and integrated with his personal experiences in Nigeria. Arinzi drives at creating art that triggers a degree of emotional connection between his viewers and his artworks. Also gearing his works towards social and political activism, he hopes to use his art to speak for those who can't speak out for themselves. Arinzi's debut group show was held at Omenka Gallery in Lagos, Nigeria in 2016, and since then he has exhibited his drawings internationally both in the United Kingdom and all around the United States, and has participated in notable art fairs around the world. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Arinzi. Hello. This is Arinze, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Um, now, before we dive into it, Arinze, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Um, well, before I even knew what art was, I, I have always loved to draw, you know, it's, it's been more of a it's been more of a a personal um, skill like I nurtured throughout my childhood. You know, uh, as a child, I used to I used to make some drawings at the back of my notebooks in, in class in school, and I used I remember getting flogged by my teacher a couple of times for making a whole mess on my notebooks. <laughs> 
making all these sketches of my classmates. And, you know, I didn't really, I, I, I felt like it was a gift, you know. I didn't really see it as art, per se, because I, I never knew I was going to be an artist. There was personal experiences that I, ha- that I had in my life that kind of geared me towards using my gifts as art. Yeah, I, uh, I I love that it, you know, just started from some very humble roots, uh, you know, just drawing in some notebooks. Uh, it's incredible how you've gone from that to what you currently do, which is, it's so detailed and, and so impressive. Um, uh, it's, it's truly, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, very cool. And uh, we're going to chat about some more of how you've connected your art with personal experiences and communicating in just a little bit. Um, So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the rest of our questions. So my first question for you, Arinze, is your work, it's so powerful. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I definitely urge you to check it out right now. It'll definitely give you a a visual for listening to this podcast. Um, You draw evocative portraits of Black people, often with political themes. How do you use your art as activism and why is art advocacy so impactful? Um, personally, um, activism or activism, um, in my opinion, is using art to act, you know? A couple of times, a lot of people ask me, what is art? And I tell them, well, art is what you can create to connect with someone else or a group of people, in my opinion. You know, you make a beautiful painting and you want to connect that painting, you want to connect that scenery with an audience, you know, or somebody. And you're able to connect with that person through a painting. That is, that is on its own powerful. So I see activism with art uh, as using your art to consciously um, act towards bringing positive change, you know, uh, in the literal sense, because uh, it's, this is, to me, the whole art, the whole skill, apart from, you know, the ability to draw realistically, I have had personal experiences that that influenced my work, you know, and I know I want to change that. And so I put it in my work. I I try to expose, you know, the realities in my surrounding and and in the whole world in general, you know. I feel like I feel like this whole skill, I call it a power to create, is something godly, you know, and and with that great power, you need to accept the responsibilities that come with it. I know I'm, I'm able to make a very realistic portrait, but why? You know, in 2012-13, I can't remember exactly, I think 2012-13, I... I, I encountered my first military brutality. 
And um, this was while I was still a student in in school. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I didn't expect it. I felt helpless. And this was the year, this was the year, around the year I started, you know, to fully engage in my, you know, skill of drawing. I was still in school. I wasn't really, I didn't even know that I was going to be an artist, but I just liked drawing. And and then this, if this incident happened, I was in my friend's room and then they brought me out. They thought I was someone else and they didn't even listen to what I had to say. I felt helpless that day because I was, I was beaten with, with fan belts. I was beaten on my back. I still have pictures on my phone. And, you know, I, I tried, I, when I, when I came out of all that incident, I started to think, you know, whenever I, I pick up my pencil to draw, I started to, to reminisce on this incident that happened to me. And I, st- and I began to question myself, how can I use this skill to ensure that, this, that no one else has to feel helpless, you know? And I mean, the least that we could do, the least that, I can do as an artist is probably to just create works about it, you know, and get my works towards bringing along that change that I've always wanted. I haven't ever since 2012, I have had serial um, uh, incidents of military brutality and police brutality. Just last year, I almost lost my eye due to police brutality. And this was around the time of NSAS movement. And it was, it was just, you know, living in this part of the country, you, you don't, living in this part of the world, uh, you, don't, you don't really have anyone to run to when it comes to incidents like this, because basically the military is, <laughs> the military in Nigeria is untouchable. There, there's had like, they've had like a lot of, incidents and a lot of human rights violations and but then there's nothing you can do to them because they are backed up by the government and they you know it's all it feel it feels like you're helpless so if i can use my skill i mean if i can use my skill to not just you know go out there take out placards but to consistently talk about issues that are affecting my society to the to the greater audience that that God has blessed me with i feel like that is just the purpose of being Harry Stanley you know and that is what i feel activism is in general to me it could be something else to someone you know but to me this is how i personally connect to my works and how I want my works to connect to people. Wow. That's um, so meaningful. And I I really, um, you know, what you're saying about using your art as a way to communicate something that is very serious, very horrible that is going on. I mean, I would say that in the last year, year and a half, I mean, really how people have been able to, you know, spread, 
you know, messages about police brutality uh, and military brutality. You know, it's, we live in such a, a visual age right now um, that uh, there's videos and there's photos of things that people normally didn't see before. So even if they did hear about it, it maybe didn't feel real to them because they hadn't experienced it themselves. Yeah, um, and that, is, that is exactly what I'm trying to do with my work. I, yeah, it's something, yeah. it's something I, I call, uh, it's something I call, um, passing, I, I can't remember the word. There's, there's something about putting people in the shoes of your subjects. You know, I, when I had my first show in Miami, that was the first time I saw true art audience interested in, you know, just staring at my works. Um, there was a, a lady, her name is Melissa. She, when I, I, I got to the booth lit, so I, I just saw her standing there and she was in tears. You know, this was in Miami, you know, and that's the piece that, that I'm talking about, the, um, the wailing, wailing and wailing. I had three guys um, all bandaged. And then I had this lady staring and crying at this piece. And I was shocked because this is the first time I'm, I'm seeing someone react to my work. And then I and then I and then I walked up to her and asked her, "Well, what's is there something wrong?" She was like, "She just feels like this could be her, you know." So I think that is that is the exact point that I tried to hit on the nail of my head, on the on the nail of uh, this whole issue about using your art to, you know, portray a message. Yeah, it's, it's helping people empathize with something, even if they don't necessarily yes. um, see it. And absolutely. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of started from, uh, you know, a, a much uh, lighter, lighter place with, um, you know, drawing as a kid, but you know, the way that you've used just an interest in drawing and actually transformed it into something that is um, so important. And, and again, just, you know, like you said, you're using this as a power to, um, to spread a message that needs to be heard. Um, and the fact that it is, it's so visual, it's so, uh, it's so real feeling that uh, you're, you're able to, to create these extremely um you know visceral reactions in people like you just said with the woman in miami um that does lead uh pretty nicely into my next question um you know specifically talking about the hyper realism of your work um and how it magnifies the situation that the people you're drawing are in um you are self-taught but do you think that what you've witnessed um, has influenced your creative styles evolution or, you know, like, have you decided to make your work more hyper-realistic based on what it is, or was that just what you were interested in drawing? Well, I would like to say that, that my work is hyper-realistic because of the, uh, I, I would like to say, because I am seeing this situation that I'm in firsthand, but really, I'm more of a perfectionist myself. 
and uh, and when I try to explain to people, I try to want to go deep down in detail. I don't know if you have noticed, but I I try to go down in detail. This uh, this just doesn't reflect my artwork. It also reflects my personality. You know, uh, it's it's who I am. I like to create something that is beyond what is normal, you know, what is the norm? I like to go the extra mile. Right. And I would say that in the way that, you know, in response to my first question, the way that you explained what happened to you back in, um, in 2012 or 13, um, I mean, that itself is very real feeling. And I, I, you know, I think that there's a bit of a, a double meaning to your work being hyper-realistic, like you said. It's it's hyper-realistic in terms of it being very detailed, looking like a photograph, even though it's a drawing, but also it's hyper-realistic in the sense that it is very real, like what is going yes, on what in is your going on around me. And you know, it's it's not a, it's not just about it's it feels like there's a lot, right? It's not just about the stories in my works as well. It's about, you know, along the along the journey of being an artist, uh, a lot of people want to ask you different questions. They want to know, hey, why why do you just drop black people? You know, like I I get asked that question a lot of times, but then it's I feel like it's what's really natural to me, you know. Because I'm living here in Nigeria. Nigeria is populated by uh, almost 90% black. Way more than 90%, 99% black. Black country. Uh, uh, but then, it had, it, over the years, it has become something of more of a, something more of a, a you know, a representational thing. You know, I, I feel deeply that Okay, now I'm in. I'm sort of in the art world, and I look everywhere, and I don't see enough black faces. I don't see enough, enough, you know, people that look like me. That even motivates me to do my works. You know, I I I get to see masters. I I mean, I'm personally I'm personally influenced by an artist. Uh, um, he made the massacre of the innocents. I don't know if you've seen that painting before. Um, it sounds familiar. You said massacre of. Yeah, you have you have a painting where King Herod ordered his 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 um, soldiers to kill, you know, firstborn children. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you know this artist, his name is uh, um, what's the name of the artist? His name is Peter Paul Rubens. I mm-hmm. really, I'm really influenced by his work. I I want to show true action in my work. You know, I want to show the raw truth, and that is what I see in Rubens' work, and that is what influences my work. I want to show you some of my works. You see, you see even sign of uh, you see bullet wounds 
when you see you see patches these things that is that i i want to use to exaggerate the the matter so it's it's not it's not just even about the messages in my work now it's now more of a representation of it because i feel like like across the whole world a lot of people have represented the stories from their side through their arts so i'm trying to represent my stories in today's community in, the, in today's world so that's kind of why it is really important that i make it hyper realistic yeah and again <laughs> with um you know having your work uh you know representing black faces it is it's about what's going on but it's also just you know having people be seen um and being represented um, yeah, yeah absolutely um so arinzi um even with all of the important work that you are doing and again having your work with such a strong you know activism uh platform um you do still manage to make money as an artist which you know in a way it breaks the myth that artists do need to sell out in order to be successful your work is it has meaning to it but it is also something that you're able to sell um what would you say is the first step for an artist wanting to turn their passion into a successful art business well that's a very nice question uh, i'm going to answer this to the best of my knowledge and you know from my own experiences um first of i did i yes i do sell my works i wish i i wish i didn't you know uh i live in a country where you you have to work to put food on your table my works take uh, over my works take over uh 200 hours to create that is basically me in the studio every day for a month making one piece so i think the first step if you are in my shoes was to understand that oh oh yeah i have the skill to create the art but then i also have to be very logical in my decision making i have to think like a business person as well but you know the what's really difficult is putting these two things as uh, uh in uh, you know in the places they're supposed to be and not mixing them together because you could get lost in the you know yeah and you know i think that you know you brought up a point if you didn't have this element if you were just able to you know <laughs> like have have what you need to uh to live then you wouldn't even bother you would just focus on on sharing your message i could just, I, um, I could just keep you know I, I i'm i could just keep selling my prints and keeping my originals you know who knows yeah yeah and uh and i i did see uh some of your recent prints on your website and they are <laughs> they're they're incredible um and i i think that you could uh <laughs> just focus on the prints and, and try to keep the originals yeah, uh i'm trying but, i'm trying to get there yeah um but definitely i i think that 
my point is just if if you do have to, you know, have a business, making your art your business is allowing you to spend more time spreading this message and communicating what your art is about. Yeah. Um, so even if, if you're kind of having to do both, at, at least, you know, selling your art is, um, it, it's supporting the aim of your art, which is to get it in front of more eyes, having more people seeing it and, um, you know, absorbing what it means and what they can do to make a difference. Exactly. And, 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 you know, apart from the fact that, uh, apart from the sustainability part, you know, uh, when you, when you start selling your artworks, you need to understand that, oh, I just started something. I need to understand how to, you know, consistently make this good and great. It doesn't just end with, selling a piece you need to understand what happens after you sell a piece you need to understand how to put value on your work you know those things are, are kind of once you start selling your work that's it if you have to sell another piece you have to do the things you need to do to ensure that your next piece has even greater value you know Absolutely. Yeah. Going, going from one place and then you've sold it. That's a success, but where are you going from there? How are you building upon that? Um, and again, whatever that means for you, is it, you know, you're, you're, you know, raising the price of your piece, you know, gradually in a, in a way that makes sense. Um, or is it, you know, you're, you're using it as a way to get in front of more people, um, have your art, you know, represent exactly what it is that you're trying to communicate even more explicitly, you know, whatever it is using that as a stepping stone to the next thing. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Um, we are going to come right back with you and, uh, Arinzi here is going to tell us more about what you artists would like to know about getting your work noticed all over the world and, you know, spreading the message of what it is your work is about. Um, but first, we are going to cut to a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. All right, and we are back. Uh, so, Arinzi, you've been written about in Forbes by the BBC and more. What are the major steps that you have taken to get your work noticed by a larger audience, by more people? Well, there are 
there isn't just one answer to this question. So I'm going to try and break it down to the best of my understanding because um, it's kind of spontaneous. Well, I, I think from what I've been able to get and why all the, you know, articles have been written about my work, I, I think it comes from a place of uh, relatability, you know. Uh, people are able to relate with my work to start with, in a way. It shows that, in a way, my works are touching a set of people and, are, and is passing a message that needs to be heard. Uh, secondly, I think it also is also uh, a product of you know hard work. You know the the work you put into your your the dedication you put into your work determines. It's kind of like garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you put if you create your work so passionately, you you could you could feel it coming out from the the piece that you've created. And and I think it kind of shows in my works in a way because I I kind of get to see the reviews on social media. Um and yeah, social media is also a powerful tool. You know, I, I feel like not everybody has come to accepting it in the art world, but with the you know with the trends of how everything is going on and how where everywhere where everyone is going towards, you see that social media is becoming a is becoming a sort of uh, institution for art. You know, it's 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 coming in as a different type of gallery, you know, a futuristic type of gallery. Social media is, is it's now making the level ground, you know. The artists are beginning to gain power. Their works are able to go far distances. You know, I'm able to post my artwork here in Nigeria, and then someone somewhere in the U.S. is able to, you know, absorb and you know that that energy from the from the work on social media. I feel like, yeah. These tools come together, and you know, and people just want to. These articles, these these news platforms, just they need content to start with, which could be which could be kind of funny because a lot of them just want to create content. But, but you know, so many people really do get connected to your work, and they just want to represent it. You know, they just want to show their support by, you know, representing your work on their on their platforms, speaking about these topics with you, standing by you, and you know that is the point of where I I think these articles come from. I don't know if I'm making it right. No, no, you are <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, I mean, just kind of focusing in on the social media aspect of it. I mean, it is 
it's giving power to something that wouldn't otherwise have it. I mean, you know, if, you know, let's say before social media, if, uh, if a gallerist, um, decided to go to Nigeria, find your work and then, you know, bring it to America. I mean, that would be the way that, you know, you'd be able to communicate, but even then it would still be to a relatively small number of people. people Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, a, a message that was not able to be spread as widely before, like it, it, nothing even close. Nothing. Yeah. Close. And, and, I, you know, I, I think that besides that, um, what you said about it, you know, social media artists are always, you know, curious about like, you know, what is it that they should do? Like what content do they need to create to, you know, get where they want with their art career, but it's, it's really not just about creating content. And that's something that's, you know, come up time and again on the, uh, this podcast is that being your authentic self and starting with that is really what's going to, you know, help you succeed more with your art career. Um, like help you spread the message that you're trying to more, um, is, is starting with, you know, getting yourself out of that mindset, like, how can I use Instagram to get what I want? It's what is it that I can do on Instagram or social media to, you know, help my message, help other people. Starting with that, you're going to have a a lot more success with it. Um, So yeah, I I absolutely agree. And then besides that, definitely uh, dedication, hard work, uh, is, is very important to, uh, you know, to, uh, spread, spread your message and, uh, and get your work in front of more people. So I, I think that you've done an incredible job with that, Arinzi. Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, now my last question, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, what should our listeners do right now? Um, you know, to better their art practice their art career. Um, what is one thing that you'd like our listeners to walk away from, uh, at, from this episode of the podcast? Well, um, what, what do I have to say to any artist that, you know, wants to get to the next level in their art? I want to, you know, take charge. I feel like the key word is taking charge of your art career. This this has to do with a lot of confidence. You know, it's not easy to to live everything the way you, especially if you're not uh, uh, a thought artist, if you're a self-thought artist, it's even way more difficult. But I feel like, personally, you need to start with being more confident about what you are about to create as an artist. And when I say what you're about to create, that brings me to the number two. What are you about to create as an artist? I mean, what are you bringing to the table? Every, every artist has an identity. But how unique is your identity? You see uh, a lot of, you see Picasso, you think of Picasso, 
and then an image of Picasso comes to your head. An image of his his works come to your head. You know, you have that feel, like you like you feel when you're in a room with a Picasso. And you know that that identity. I feel like that is a very important place to to start with. Then now, when talking about social media, and now talking about bringing your story, your identity, and being as real as possible. This is quite simple. It's, it's even way simpler than, I mean, people make it look. Yeah, you identify the fact that social media is a tool, and you treat it as one. You, you take your social media as your office, you know. You, the way you like to, the, the manner in which you like to represent, to see yourself in your office, you see yourself that way on Instagram. If you're here to post art, post art because you have an audience coming to see art. And this is a mistake that a lot of people make on their social media platforms. But when you get an audience that follow you because of what you do and because of who you are, and all of a sudden you start bringing up new stuff that are random, don't really make any sense towards, you know, art, it kind of, you know, it kind of doesn't give you a very solid profile. You know, uh, that aside, the quality of your content, um, social media as we know it today has become one of the biggest marketing tools. And as such, they want to treat it as a marketing tool. So they want high, high quality content on their social media platform. The algorithm, the Instagram algorithm doesn't let you just behave however you want and expect to get what you want. Now you have to somewhat bring some things to the table and be ready to understand that, yes, yeah, social media, like a tool, I need to understand how to use this tool. Now, posting high quality content, Instagram wants people to come online and, you know, stay online, but then, for people to stay online, there has to be high-quality content. This is where it comes in. If you don't have high-quality content, Instagram doesn't... They, they don't want to put you on the top of the... Because, yeah, they already have... Uh, they already have the way the algorithm works. It knows high-quality content. It knows original content. You take your shots on your own. Everything that comes out from... Your Instagram page has to be original. You need to take, if you, if you don't have a good camera, get a good camera. These days, you don't even need a camera. All you just need is a, a nice, very good iPhone, and you're good to go. And, you know, create this high-quality content. Understand that this is for my social media tool. This is as a social media tool. Secondly, let people feel you. You know, when you when you go online, don't try to have this robotic character. You know, don't don't try to be so robotic. 
let people interact with the people that that follow you because they love you. And uh, at some point, it becomes overwhelming, though. But you know, try your best to interact with people. Um, follow other artists in your in your artist fair, and you know, it's all about absorbing inspiration and giving out inspiration. So share your inspiration. Uh, all these social media platforms know how these things work. Uh, they want people to be inspired to also bring on high quality content on Instagram. So when, when you're a kind of person that, you know, absorbs, uh, uh, inspiration, you tend to give out inspiration. So try and share, share stuff on Instagram. Try and um, communicate with people in your field. Try and relate with people. I think this way you can grow your Instagram. Now, this is just social media. Then they have the real world. You, you might want to choose to be an independent artist that wouldn't need a gallery. Uh, you might also want to be or already are an artist that uh, um, works with a gallery. Like first things first, you need to understand that like every other every other business, a gallery is a business. <laughs> the way you treat other businesses is the way you treat your gallery, but how the galleries function, that is where a lot of people don't really get. Now, um, I'm an artist. And I understand that I oh I started selling my works and now I'm having a lot of requests for my works. So what do I do to give true value to my work? All you need to do is relate with your gallery. Have that understanding that you don't want to be at the same spot. You know. Let the gallery understand that they need to build a career with you. And what does that mean? Building it means you keep going up the scale over a period of time. Now, why is this important? This is important because collectors, art collectors or art consumers, they, they are really interested in investing in art. And when I say investing, I mean investing like in the literal term. They want to put one penny into this art and come back tomorrow and, and it's a hundred million dollars, you know. I think you, you, that that makes sense, right? Yes. <laughs> so so treat your art as such. Understand that a gallery is supposed to be part of this strategy. Um, a, a collector comes to buy a, a work from Artist A uh, in 2010, and the artist is selling the work for $50. The, art, the collector keeps looking at that artist, you know, and trying to understand the growth of this artist. So he checks back on, on the artist the next year and then there is uh, 
20% increase in the access work. Yes, the, uh, the collector feels, yeah, my work has value, uh, at 20% uh, more value, you know. The, uh, the collector also wants to come back the third year to see that this work is still going up, you know. I feel like it, it, many people skip this very important part. They, they forget to step up the scale um, according to the time. You know, they, they forget to go on that map. And, you know, instead of being constant, they, they just want to go, they just want to keep selling. Instead of, instead of raising the bar, they just want to be constant, and and that's very bad for collectors. I feel like a lot of collectors are not going to be confident in, in an artist whose work doesn't gain value over, or even sell for less. Another thing is, I think you should never take your prices backwards. I think everybody knows that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and oh yes, go go ahead. No, I mean, I'm, I was about to stop there. So I think this is just the little I know. I'm, I'm, I have a lot to say, but I, I just don't know where to start from. I, I think everything that you've been saying, Wednesday, is, is such valuable advice. Um, really, if I were to, to key in on, on one thing that you've said here, it's, you know, whether it's Instagram or a gallery, you know, these are, they're, businesses themselves but they're also tools for you as an artist to you know to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve with your career again whether it's selling art um getting your art in front of more people to you know spread the message of what it's about you know these are the the avenues that you're able to do that um which means that you know you you need to work with them you need to you know with yes. a gallery or instagram you know, they have their own goals, you know, as Instagram, they need to produce quality content um, so that people go onto the platform and they stay on there as long as possible and they, they keep coming back. And yeah. so if you need to know, you need to know what you want, it's not enough to just work with Instagram or it's not enough to just work with a gallery. I think artists need to, artists need to know what they want they need to acquire the knowledge because there is knowledge outside creating your art you know the marketing part of it you need to acquire that knowledge absolutely i uh if, if you're only focused on creating your art you're probably not making anything that's uh you know related to anything that you've uh you've learned because you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're not experiencing life, then, you know, what is your art about? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's really important to, uh, to, to stop and, and really seriously evaluate exactly that why question, which you mentioned earlier, like, why is it, you know, that you're creating art? What is it, what is it about? What are you trying to communicate? Exactly. Yeah. Well, Arinzi, th thank you again so much for being on the show here and sharing your amazing perspective. Um, 
artists out there. Um, if you are listening to this um, or any of our past podcasts, um, you can find us at www.superfine.world. You can connect with Arinzi here uh, on Instagram at Arinzi um, or at Art on Twitter. And you can also visit his website, www.arinzistanley.com. I mentioned it before, but his art is truly incredible. You have to check it out if you haven't already. Um, uh, and as always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Uh, we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to or enjoying the artist business plan. Uh, and once again, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews are so, so critical in helping other entrepreneurs like yourselves find us. Um, and as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all, which I think is is very uh, poignant and relevant to the conversation that we've had today, Renzi. Um, the quote is by Chinua Achebe, which is a Nigerian author. Yeah. And the quote, oh, are you familiar? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Chinua Achebe. That's <laughs> amazing, which uh, it's uh, even more relevant then. Yeah. Um, the, the quote is, art is man's constant effort to create for himself a different order of reality from that which is given to him. Uh, Arinzi, I think that you have done that with your art successfully. Uh, thank you again so much for being here today with us. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Hi. Um, thank you guys for listening to, you know, the things in my head, but I think I, I don't really know much. So, you know, rather than I don't. <laughs> I think you know a lot. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you again, Arinzi, and thank you everyone out there for listening to The Artist Business Plan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.